Welcome everyone to Understanding the I Am That Is You podcast. Hey everybody, it's your girl Wayne Ruffin and I pray all is well with everyone tonight and your hearts and minds are full of love, joy and compassion for all your brothers and sisters in spirit and no matter the negative circumstances or conditions in this world that may befall any of us or the fluctuating energies of the masses let us never sweat the small stuff or the distractions for remember, maintaining our individual focus on our own mighty I am presence, the spirit of the living God within us, always proves victorious over all that is of darkness. For the spirit of the living God is love. That love is our power. Amen. Give thanks and praises for love and life. And y'all be loved. Are we beginning to commend ourselves again? Or do we need, like some people, Letters of recommendation to you or from you? You yourselves are our letter, written on our hearts, known and read by everyone. You show that you are a letter from Christ, the result of our ministry, written not with ink but with the Spirit of the living God, not on tablets of stone but on tablets of human hearts. Such confidence we have through Christ before God. Not that we are competent in ourselves to claim anything for ourselves, but our confidence comes from God. He has made us competent as ministers of a new covenant, not of the letter but of the Spirit, for the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. Now if the ministry that brought death, which was engraved in letters on stone, came with glory, so that the Israelites could not look steadily at the face of Moses because of its glory, transitory though it was, will not the ministry of the Spirit be even more glorious? If the ministry that brought condemnation was glorious, how much more glorious is the ministry that brings righteousness? For what was glorious has no glory now in comparison with the surpassing glory. And if what was transitory came with glory, how much greater is the glory of that which lasts? Therefore, since we have such a hope, we are very bold. We are not like Moses, who would put a veil over his face to prevent the Israelites from seeing the end of what was passing away. But their minds were made dull, for to this day the same veil remains when the old covenant is read. It has not been removed, because only in Christ is it taken away. Even to this day when Moses is read, a veil covers their hearts. But whenever anyone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we all, who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory, are being transformed into His image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. Therefore, since through God's mercy we have this ministry, we do not lose heart. Rather, We have renounced secret and shameful ways, we do not use deception, nor do we distort the word of God. On the contrary, by setting forth the truth plainly, we commend ourselves to everyone's conscience in the sight of God. 
And even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. The God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers, so that they cannot see the light of the gospel that displays the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. For what we preach is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord, and ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. For God, who said, Let light shine out of darkness, made his light shine in our hearts, to give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory, displayed in the face of Christ. 2 Corinthians 3 and 4 to 1 to 6. Isis Unveiled, Volume 2, Chapter 7. To grasp the real and primitive sense of the term Iota Omicron Omega, and the reason of its becoming the designation for the most mysterious of all deities, we must search for its origin in the figuratively phraseology of all the primitive people. We must first of all go to the most ancient sources for our information. In one of the books of Hermes, for instance, we find him saying that the number 10 is the mother of the soul, and that the life and light are therein united. For the number 1, 1, is born from the spirit, and the number 10, 10, from matter. The unity has made the 10, the 10 the unity. The Kabbalistic gematria, one of the methods for extracting the hidden meaning from letters, words, sentences, is arithmetical. It consists in applying to the letters of a word the sense they bear as numbers, in outward shape as well as in their individual sense. Moreover, by the Themora, another method used by the Kabbalists, any word could be made to yield its mystery out of its anagram. Thus, we find the author of Sefer Jezira saying, one or two centuries before our era, one, the spirit of the Elohim of lives. So again, in the oldest Kabbalistic diagrams, the ten Sephiroth are represented as wheels or circles, and Adam Kodman, the primitive man, as an upright pillar. Wheels and seraphim and the holy creatures, Kiot, says Rabbi Akiba. In another system of the same branch of the symbolical Kabbalah, called Afbak, which arranges the letters of the alphabet by pairs in three rows, all the couples in the first row bear the numerical value 10, and in the system of Simeon ben Shetta, the uppermost couple, the most sacred of all, is preceded by the Pythagorean cipher, 1 and a knot, or 0, 10. If we can appreciate the fact that, among all the peoples of the highest antiquity, the most natural conception of the first cause manifesting itself in its creatures, and that to this they could not but ascribe the creation of all, was that of an androgyne deity, that the male principle was considered the vivifying invisible spirit, and the female, mother nature, we shall be enabled to understand how that mysterious cause came at first to be represented, in the picture writings, perhaps, as the combination of the alpha and omega of numbers, a decimal, then as Eau, a trilateral name, containing in itself a deep allegory. Eau, in such a case, would, etymologically considered, mean the breath of life, generated or springing forth between an upright male and an egg-shaped female principle of nature, for, in Sanskrit, as means to be, to live or exist, and originally it meant to breathe. From it, says Max Mola, in its original sense of breathing, the Hindus formed Asu, breath, and Asura, the name of God, whether it meant the breathing one or the giver of breath. It certainly meant the latter. In Hebrew, An I mean life. Cornelius Agrippa in his treatise on the preeminence of woman, shows that the word Eve suggests comparison with the mystic symbols of the Kabbalists, the name of the woman having affinity with the ineffable tetragrammaton, the most sacred name of the divinity. Ancient names were always consonant with the things they represented. 
In relation to the mysterious name of the deity in question, the hitherto inexplicable hint of the Kabbalists as to the efficacy of the letter H which Abram took away from his wife Sarah, and put into the middle of his own name, becomes clear. H. P. Blavatsky It may perhaps be argued, by way of objection, that it is not ascertained as yet at what period of antiquity the knot occurs for the first time in Indian manuscripts or inscriptions. Be that as it may, the case represents circumstantial evidence of too strong a character not to carry a conviction of probability with it. According to Max Muller the two words cipher and zero, which are in reality but one, are sufficient to prove that our figures are borrowed from Arabs. Cipher is the Arabic saffron, and means empty, a translation of the Sanskrit name of the knot sinya, he says. The Arabs had their figures from Hindustan, and never claimed the discovery for themselves. As to the Pythagoreans, we need but turn to the ancient manuscripts of Boethius's geometry, composed in the 6th century, to find in the Pythagorean numerals the one and the knot, as the first and final cipher. And Porphyry, who quotes from the Pythagorean Moderatus, says that the numerals of Pythagoras were hieroglyphical symbols, by means whereof he explained ideas concerning the nature of things. Now, if the most ancient Indian manuscripts show as yet no trace of decimal notation in them, Max Muller states very clearly that until now he has found but nine letters, the initials of the Sanskrit numerals, in them, on the other hand we have records as ancient, to supply the wanted proof. We speak of the sculptures and the sacred imagery in the most ancient temples of the Far East. Pythagoras derived his knowledge from India, and we find Professor Max Muller corroborating this statement, at least so far as allowing the Neo-Pythagoreans to have been the first teachers of ciphering among the Greeks and Romans, that they, at Alexandria or in Syria, became acquainted with the Indian figures, and adapted them to the Pythagorean abacus, our figures. This cautious allowance implies that Pythagoras himself was acquainted with but nine figures. So that we might reasonably answer that although we possess no certain proof that the decimal notation was known to Pythagoras, who lived on the very close of the archaic ages, we yet have sufficient evidence to show that the full numbers, as given by Boethius, were known to the Pythagoreans, even before Alexandria was built. This evidence we find in Aristotle, who says that some philosophers hold that ideas and numbers are the same nature, and amount to ten in all. This, we believe, will be sufficient to show that the decimal notation was known among them at least as early as four centuries BC, for Aristotle does not seem to treat the question as an innovation of the Neo-Pythagoreans. Besides, as we have remarked above, the representations of the archaic deities, on the walls of the temples, are of themselves quite suggestive enough. So, for instance, Vishnu is represented in the Kormavatara, his second avatar, as a tortoise sustaining a circular pillar, on which the semblance of himself, Maya, or the illusion, sits with all his attributes. While one hand holds a flower, another a club, the third a shell, the fourth, generally the upper one, or at the right, holds on his forefinger, extended as the cipher one, the chakra or discus, which resembles a ring, or a wheel, and might be taken for the knot. In his first avatar, the Matsi Avatam, when emerging from the fish's mouth, he is represented in the same position. The ten-armed Durga of Bengal, the ten-headed Ravana, the giant, Parvati, as Durga, Indra, and Indrani, are found with this attribute, which is a perfect representation of the Maypole. The holiest of the temples among the Hindus, are those of Jagarnath. This deity is worshipped equally by all the sects of India, and Jagarnath is named the Lord of the World. He is the god of the mysteries, and his temples, which are most numerous in Bengal, are all of pyramidal form. 
H.P. Blavatsky. The I Am Discourses, Volume 17. We are hoping that, with enough calls for this descent of the cosmic fire, that certain things will be avoided. Only time will tell. As you go on in the most intense use of it that you can understand at this time, we are trusting that you will so enjoy the use of it, that we can draw the intensity of the power required to prevent certain conditions within the nation taking their toll through viciousness. It is quite important that those who know this law keep charging themselves with our fire presence, our expanding victory, our cosmic Christ love, and those activities from our octave that are authority in your world to hold protection for that which is of the light, and to insulate you from anything that would be of destruction. If you want the flame of love from my heart, demand that it qualify the energy of your feeling world, and I will qualify it, because I said if I be lifted up, I will draw all mankind unto me. Therefore, when your attention is upon me and the flame of love in my heart, I am that instant drawing the energy of your world, raising it closer into the perfection of the sacred fire and cosmic Christ victory which I am now become. Every time you turn your attention to me, you are raised. A certain proportion of the energy of the outer self is drawn into my light, and it begins to purify and control that energy into the perfection which I am become, which I have the right to project. The outer world has drawn your energy and qualified it with destruction and problems and limitations and disappointments. Do you not see how the law of energy is ever acting, and if you let your attention come to us, then our sacred fire qualifies that with the perfection from our octave, and that automatically lifts you out of the conditions that have been your distress. So, when I said I am with you always, I meant that, because when my attention is on you to help you, I am coming to you closer than you dream. I have desired to help all mankind become ascended as I am, therefore, when your attention comes to me or you call my fire presence into yourselves, we are drawing closer and closer, and the hour comes when it is inevitable that we meet face to face. Applause. Thank you precious ones. Won't you be seated please, and just remain so. Beloved Master Jesus the Christ. Now when you call my love into a condition or I send that love into a turbulent condition to change it, my love is dynamically powerful. It's not just a soft wave of ease and peace. The fire of my love is terrific, positive force. When I commanded the waves to be still, it took force to control those waves, and it was the fire of my love that mastered them. When I said peace be still, there was fire that went out over the water element and controlled it. When I have called the fire into action to correct conditions in people's minds and bodies, I spoke with authority, and the cosmic fire which was my love to life, was dynamic force, and mastered the energy in the destructive condition. So, try to realize when you charge the energy of your feeling world with my fire presence of eternal perfection, you are going to become positive. And that's what you need if you are going to throw off destructive conditions that have intruded themselves into the energy and substance of your world. When you go deep into the heart of the great great silence, you become very still, but very positive, because if you don't remain positive you go to sleep, and then you don't come where you thought you wanted to go. So my dear ones, in order to be the healing presence wherever you abide to assist others, charge yourselves and others with my fire presence of eternal perfection, and know that that fire blazes there until it changes everything into the dynamic, positive love which is the perfection of our octave. That is what the world has to have if they're going to have peace, 
This fire has to come into physical conditions, and therefore, when you call the fire presence of myself or the great angel or the Elohim, or any of the cosmic beings or the ascended masters, you will immediately feel a dynamic, positive force come into yourselves that carries the feeling of our mastery in that sacred fire. I give it to you without reservation, and at every time you make that call, that flame shall come, and make you feel its control over every condition in the physical world until destruction lets go, and distress and limitations and mistakes and problems are driven into the violet consuming flame, until they are purified, and all is given back into the possession and control of the higher mental body. So, I clothe you again tonight in the dynamic force of my fire presence of eternal perfection. Within it is my feeling and victory and power of mastery of the cosmic Christ which I am now become. May the fire of my love keep its dynamic power around you as its protection and supply and limitless assistance, until you come face to face with us while yet unascended. May the hour come quickly wherein we may accomplish that which must be done under those conditions, and which will forever bring you great joy and boundless victory. With my light I clothe you, with my love I hold you, with my energy of the sacred fire I protect and bless you and hold you sustained, until the victory of your own blessed I am presence takes its dominion in you, and you go forward to your appointed destiny and mastery through the power of that sacred fire. May its dynamic force and its everlasting love clear your world and consume all veils between us, until once again we walk hand in hand and side by side, and ever in that flame abide. I thank you. Beloved Master Jesus the Christ,